isn't, I don't think. That helps. <laughs> and Jen Moss to me, we were passing around the microphone, all the singers were with my burn on. <laughs> Very carefully. My name is. <clears throat> <coughs> Mangalam Gurudevaya Devi Matriksha Mangalam Mangalam Bhakta Brindebhyo Sarva Lokaya Mangalam Om Stapakaya Chadarmasya Sarva Dharma Sarupine Avatara Varishtaya Ram Krishnaya Mangalam Om Sarashiva Samarambam Shankaracharam Majmam Asmarachara Prayantam Vande Gurum Paramparam Om Guru Brahma Guru Vishnu Guru Devo Mahishwara Guru Revo Param Brahmantasmai Sri Guru Vedma Shiganesha Sharada Guru Pyur Maharyum Tatsi Daima Daima So we're picking up, I think last week, we, we had a satsang last week, I think, right? So we are doing the, 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 the divine names of Mother Kali, the Kali Sasranama. And last week, what did we, which names? Nidra. Tandra, Parvati, Aparna, I think, right? These are the main ones, right? These are from verse uh, 27. Names uh, 199 on. Here we are. After all this time, we're 200 names in. <coughs> it's good to choose long texts that go on for years. <laughs> There's always something to talk about. You know, have to generate a topic. <coughs> So the I'll chant the, the full verse. Aparna no previous verse. Shruti Spiti Shruti Spiti Mahavidya Guha Vidya Puratani Chint Achinta Swahaswadha Nidra Tandra Chaparvati. And then Aparna Nishaya Lola Sarva Vidya Tapasvini Ganga Kashi Shachi Sita Sati Satya Parayana. So we won't get to all the names, I don't think, today, the, the full thing. But So last week we, were, we talked mostly about the collection, of, you know, this cluster of names is around Parvati. And so while there's all these different ways to interpret each name, the, the, uh, the grounding name is Parvati. These are all aspects, these are a part of the Parvati Lila. We mentioned Parvati is the daughter of the Himalayas, right? I mean, Parvati means the daughter, that she who's born as a Parvat of the mountain, the mountain-born, the beautiful name for, for Parvati. Another name in the in the Nava Durga uh, collection of the eight of the of the nine nine Durgas. The first one, Shailaputri. Same means it means Shaila here means stone or rock or mountain. Putri means daughter. She was born from the mountain, and so this is a classic name for the divine mother as she's born. We told the story of how she's uh, uh, her parentage. You know how she how the how the gods got a boon in order to kill. Um, Tarakasura, she had to she had to tempt Shiva, wake his, uh, awaken him from his meditation after the death of Thati. <clears throat> so Parvati had to uh, to to uh, uh, how and was and in, in order for for Parvati to get Shiva as a husband, one of the things she had to do, she had to go through a tremendous austerity, tapasya. And one of the names, actually the main name today, is Tapasvini, she who does tapasya. And that's her second name in this list is Shaila is um, Brahmacharini, 
right? She's doing during her ascetic period <clears throat> in order to get Shiva as her, as, as, as to, to attain Shiva. Because Shiva loves tapasya, and so the way she, she attains Shiva is through tapasya. So these other names, uh, 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 we are in t- we interpreted a lot of these names in light of the Parvati Lila. And then one of the ways we are approaching these names is a little bit on the um, uh, giving a, um, some light esoteric interpretation, right? You can't go too deep because not everything's for every, not everything's to be spoken openly. But uh, uh, kind of interpreting Parvati and the Chandi that she's, she's the, uh, she comes out of the mountain, right? Or comes out of the mountain. So that the yogis interpret to be as, uh, the uh, uh, Kundalini. She exists within the body or the mountain, right? She's born from the body. Therefore, so all these are external lilas. These are lilas that come down to us in ancient, ancient stories for our contemplation, but divine truth. But they're also internalized. There's one, I sh- one month that I was thinking today, I should have uh, looked it up, just fresh in my memory. But it says actually everything that's, in the, er- everything that's in the universe, all gods, all goddesses, all holy places, all tudutas, all rivers, are also in the body. Right? By the grace of the Guru, they're brought out, the esoteric way of understanding these things. So, this is, so the, all these names are also, each one of these aspects of Divine Mother, the aspect of the Universal Mother, of the, the One Supreme Being itself, but they're also can be interpreted uh, uh, as being within us ourselves, within ourselves. So she exists within us as the as a, as Shakti. Uh, uh, that's uh, 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 in our situation, she's trapped in the body, and Parvati is not trapped in, the, in anything. But we can see like that. We'll go on as we unfold these. Thank you. I a little try. Thank you. <coughs> Shall I try? <laughs> I told you this is the credentials for being a good Hindu. <laughs> the real Hindu is whether or not you drink directly out of that. <clears throat> That's why God invented metal glasses to make it easier. <clears throat> so again, last week we told all the elaborate stories of how. Parvati had to be born, how she was born into the family, the Himalayas, and, and from, from a previous life as Daksha's daughters, like this, right? So, and then we, we began to talk this name, Aparna. Aparna is another name for Parvati, and the external meaning we talked about is that, that she doesn't even, Aparna without leaves. We gave, I'm not going to re, re give the talk, just to kind of back up to take a, a, a jump. <clears throat> so, during her austerities, actually in the Armanath cave, in Kashmir, uh, she was doing uh, uh, first. She was fasting only on fruit, you know, like a typical Shivaratri fast, Falhari fast, and then it became only leaves, and then it became only fruit and leaves that fell, fell from the from leaf, from from trees, not picked. And I mentioned this is one of the one of the austerities that some that uh, in the Bhagavatam Krishna says this is the austerity for vanaprastas. They take fruit that uh, fruit and leaves that have fallen already from not picked. Because they want no karmic reaction like this. So she was doing that. And then she stopped even eating leaves that fell. And therefore her name, Aparna. Right? So it's, it's, a, and then it's, a, it's, a, it's a name of her doing her austerity fasting. Right? And we gave a little bit, um, uh, uh, a little different interpretation of Aparna. 
And then, so that, that sets us up to the very nice name, Nischala. And I think I, we talked a little bit about this name also. Nischala means that which is not movable, right? That, that immovable. So this is another name for, another, it's another name for Parvati. So the name for Himalayas, that which is amongst, for instance, in, in the Bhagavad Gita, amongst immovable objects, I am the Himalayas. Right? You know, I forget if that's the word used. Is that the word used? I don't know. This July. Look it up. <laughs> among mountains, among, among immovable, uh, Ulysses, among mountains, the Himalayas, among immovable objects, I am the Himalayas. Right? But Nishchala also means the earth. It's another name for the earth. So it's again, uh, she's Parvati, she's the earth, but she's not just the earth. We, last time we talked, she's what supports the earth, Dharini Dara. That with the earth supports all of us, and she supports the earth, right? So underneath Muladhara Chakra, we gave that interpretation. So just catching up where we are, because that will, will give some um, background to, to today's names. So the, today's name, we have th- three names primary. We'll see if we go further than that. Lola, Sarva Vidya, and Tapasvini. And sorry, I didn't print. Maybe the last we had, maybe you have a few people still have the, the names. Lola, Sarva Vidya, Tapasvini. 204, 205, 206. Now, Tapasvini, that relates directly to Parvati. She's doing Tapasya to get Shiva as her husband. So she did tapasya. So we can talk about tapasya. What does that mean? What, did, what does it mean when the divine mother or God's doing tapas, tapasya? We do tapasya to attain God. What does God do tapasya to attain? It's a strange thing to say, you know. But we'll see. So I mean, I'm just, I was going to point to a picture of Shiva doing medita- meditating. Why? Who is Shiva meditating on? Why does she? We meditate on Shiva to attain Shiva. Who does Shiva? Why does Shiva have to meditate? Right. And I was just pointed to the picture of Shiva, who is not Shiva. It is Shiva, it isn't Shiva. This is behind me. This is a picture of Baba Sri Chand, uh, who is considered by many to be an incarnation of Shiva. And today's today is Chand uh, Sri Chand Novmi, the day after Radhastami, right? And this is his considered his birthday. And he was the, I believe, the youngest son of Guru Nanak, right? The founder of the Sikh religion. And Guru Nanak, I, I, please forgive me. I'm not. It's not fresh in my mind how many children he had, but two of his children, against his desire, became sadhus. No, no parent wants their kid to become sadhus. <laughs> and you see the, 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 the Sikh lineage is a grihasta path. It's not, a, it's not an ascetic. I mean, it, it's a disciplined path, but it's not an ascetic path, right? And so two of his sons, I'm forgetting the other son's name, and he founded a, a, a kata. I think it's called the um, Nirmala. I think it's Nirmala kata. I'm pretty sure. I may get this wrong. And they, but and so you see them. They uh, uh, they they dress like they look like Sikhs, but they dress in orange. They have the turbans. They look. They're ninety eight percent Punjabi. They're like a, like, but they're 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 renunciants. But they're they're Sikh renunciants. You know they they also have the same symbols. They'll carry swords. They're, they're like a the the like the, but then Sri Chand he went a different. He became like a Naga Baba, right? So you know you know. It, smeared in ashes with long dreadlocks not in a turban like this and so this was uh, and he either founded or joined a lineage right called the uh, Udasin Sampradaya right and so there's different ways like when you think of sannyas means to renounce right tyagi there's sannyasis there's tyagis these are um, what's a what's a good definition of tyagi I get rid of her. <laughs> you know, somebody's like, just like, 
reject something, tiag is to get rid of something, to, to let it go. So these are both a kind of, uh, a, a could, be, could be an aggressive stance, like, no, you know, I don't want this. And I walk away from this, you know, to leave something or to get rid of something or to, re, to, to like this. So the udasins, udasina, udas, udasanita, means simply to be disinterested. Right, so it's a different attitude, that of complete disinterestedness, right? So that's his lineage. And so it's a different attitude, not a rejection. It's just they're, they're, they're ascetics, but because they're not interested in anything else. Okay. And this is a very distinctive uh, way they, and they have a, they're known. Nowadays, practically speaking, they look like Dashnami or Nagababas, look like any other yogi. They dress orange and just like I'm, like I'm dressed, you know, generally. But in their true form, they have this, like their sacred thread is made of black wool. It's just a little distinctive feature as you can go up after and look. And they have, a partic- they have a particular earring, usually only one, sometimes two. These are the ones you see in any poster of Shiva, it's that type of moon earring. And generally, that's a distinctive, you see this earring means it's an Adasana Sampradaya. And often they wear one because it's Shiva and Shakti. Right, so on one side is Adhananeshwara, so one side wears, of course Shiva wears two earrings, but in this, to illustrate the point that, that they're both Shiva and Shakti combined, the half Shiva, half Parvati, they would usually wear one earring. That's a very distinctive feature. And we're very fond of uh, Sri Chang. We have, by some divine arrangement, most of the yogis and sadhus we hang out with in India are Udasans. So our best, a lot of our best friends are in this lineage. That's why we have a connection. <clears throat> and last night we were t- I was talking to or WhatsApping, I guess that's right, to one Udasan Mataji named Radha Muni, living on the bank of Narmada River, because her name's Radha Muni. Every year on Radhasmi, I send her a little, you know, message or you know, Daima pr- pronouns Mataji and. And, but in India, it's already tomorrow. Yesterday was already today. She said, actually, we celebrated yesterday. Now I'm waiting for sadhus to come. We're given a bandara. We're feeding sadhus because of Sri Chand's day. So the, and I thought, who has a Sri Chand? And Deborah has had this poster of Baba Sri Chand for how many years have you had? 1991. Long, long. <laughs> and we used to see it. We didn't know who he was back then. <laughs> you, know, we did the, you were given by Unudasan Yogi, you know, who... Uh, uh, that, that she knows in, in, Had, in Hadwar, right? In Kankong, yeah. So, anyway, so he's here. We're seeing Kalimandir today. But, <coughs> so, anyways, uh, but he's also a great Tapaspi, so we'll, we'll see. It's about austerity today. So, the first, anyway, so uh, uh, Tapaspini, but we'll start the first two names first Lola, Lola, and Sarvavidya. So, Lola, Lola means tongue. Right, and so you can see the uh, distinctive feature of if you were to look the one distinctive feature of Kali, is her protruding tongue, right? And so it's like, oh, well, she holds a severed head and she holds a sword. There's many gods and goddesses that hold severed heads and hold swords, right? There's many gods and goddesses that have Avaya Mudra and Varana Mudra, right? There's these are not. There's many that stand on other deities, right? There's many that hold that have garlands of skulls or heads. Right, that have wild hair, or like you know that. If you're so, these are distinct to her, 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 uh, her, her iconography. But if there's one thing that's very distinct, is her. If you see her sticking, some sticking her tongue out, it must have. It must refer to Kali. So where does the tongue come from? What is the and so so Lola means tongue at all, but it also means like. I guess we use like lolling tongue, right? We have the. I, I'm thinking. I looked it up. I couldn't find the. Etym- etymology of the word it says of unknown origin right but lo- lolling tongue and the word lola for tongue 
I have a feeling there may be some relation, right? Uh, Lolin. So actually, so Lola in Sanskrit also means to swing. So that's kind of like, so it has an idea of a protruding or lolling, swinging tongue, right? And so, so where does Ma's, why is Ma's taking her tongue out? In the Chandi, there's the, one of the main stories is there was a great demon, Raktabija, we all know. And Raktabija had a, had a uh, auspicious quality of that every time you cut him, every drop of blood that hit the earth became another demon. It was the same form, the same power, and the same strength. So if in the battle, when he was cut and he bled, all of a sudden, instead of killing him, you've created 10,000 more demons with the same power. Right? And in our talks on the, on the Chandi, we've given, there's many ways to interpret Raktabija. I gave a, a, one particular way, a reading of him, is that, that uh, Raktabija, sometimes it's seen as desire, but we think of it as thoughts, how one thought leads to another thought. And you see, you know, if you think, you know, like, course there's a famous thing don't think of a monkey but okay think of a monkey let's, let's try that let's think only of a monkey don't think not think of a monkey only think of a monkey so you start thinking a monkey then you start thinking uh, I, I saw a monkey in the zoo and then you start thinking my mom took me to the zoo then you said I'm still angry with my mom because she embarrassed me in high school then high school then high school oh my god don't get you know then I, I wasn't popular and then you know then it goes all of a sudden you were like oh yeah and then you go back monkey and then again, another thought. So one thought leads to a thousand thoughts. Right? This is we gave it this interpretation to. Uh, we've given this interpretation to Raktabija, right? And so in the Chandi, in the in the text, uh, uh, the Divine Mother has Parashakti, as Durga, as Ambika. She was not. She wasn't winning. So one of her forms, right? Kali has already manifested on the battlefield. She says quickly go and as I stab Raktabija, right, you drink his blood before it hits the ground. Right? And then drained of his blood, then he will die. And that's what the story goes, right? So she Aindri and Narishingi and Varahi, all the, the battle if I remember I think where I am in the battle, but it's in a while. Navarachi's coming, so it's good to think about these things again. <laughs> the, uh, uh, as they're as they're as they're uh, uh, Injuring Raktabija, his blood is being drunk by the t- by by Kali catching her tongue, and then he drops dead. Right. So this is one of the main reasons why you see a lolling tongue, a long. But there is actually like a long lolling tongue. Some paintings have it. You know, it's like this huge like cup that's gathering all the blood or moved through the battlefield. You know, it's like a uh, like this. When we give this interpretation of, of of thoughts creating other thoughts creating other thoughts creating other thoughts, then we can also think what is why the tongue? Of course, tongues drink blood. Yeah, I mean that's it's drinking the blood has this the symbolism, meaning. But we also give it understand it given by yogis to us is that it refers to mantra. Because mantra is it's one of the only not the only I mean there's other forms of meditation like that. But you could say it's one of the only times when you do japa, it's one of the only times where your neck thought is given, is chosen. Right? When you think of something, oh like med- let's meditate on a monkey, right? You start thinking of all these different thoughts about monkeys. Right? And then at least other thoughts like that. But in japa you think, you know, like let's say this the word monkey I wouldn't suggest doing japa the word monkey, this example. Let's let's just take another thing example, say Shiva or Krishna or Kali, right? Let's, 
get off monkeys for a second. Hanuman, let's say Hanuman. Hanuman. We'll point to two things. So you think Hanuman. You, 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 Om Hanumate Namaha. Om Shri Hanumate Namaha. Right? The neck thought is also given. Om Shri Hanumate Namaha. And the neck thought is also given. Om Shri Hanumate Namaha. Right? Where if you're thinking something, the neck thought is, you can try to think of one thing, but you're going to think of a thousand things. Right? In Japa, you think the neck, you're thinking only one. Th- of course, it's not easy to do. It's pretty soon you start thinking... It always goes back to a trauma treatment. I wasn't popular in high school, no matter what it is. It's always going to go back to that. <laughs> Maybe that's just me. I don't know. But, but, uh, but uh, I don't know. Hanuman to high school. I don't know. I love that. <laughs> it can go that way. But uh, <clears throat> not you guys. You guys are all super popular in high school. I know. <laughs> and picked on me, I'm sure. All of you were the ones that type of people that picked on me in high school. Um, so, so this is an interesting idea that, that, that in Japa, the next thought is given. So you think of one thought. So that's one way to drain the blood. Of this, rather than the thought generating machine of Raktabija, the mind just generates thought after thought after thought. Just, it's impossible. You know, it fills the mind. And you see in the story, within a second, the whole battlefield is full of Raktabijas. Right? We see like that. We think of one thing that we have no control of. Our, even if we're trying to think one thing or about something, Right within a second, our mental field is cr- overcrowded, right? And we're like, "What happened?" We have no. It's very hard to get control of the mind. And I and I I see, as I'm I, uh, that, that's one thing we need is a little bit of control. We have no control of our thinking, right? And we've lost control of the senses. We lost control of our of our mind, right? We we have we have almost no freedom of what to think, uh, whether to think. Swami Vivekananda in his discipleship. He says a uh, prerequisite for spiritual life. He says if something is not only not thinking, thing, even if you say don't smell, you should be able to not to smell, right? You know, should be, these are our, ser- our uh, senses are our servants, right? Our mind is our servant, but we're not. I mean, we're we're completely controlled by the senses. Whatever the senses do, you know, I, we 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 we've joked that you know it's like like the tongue, the tongue is our servant. It brings food. It's supposed to, you you choose what's good for the tongue, what's good for the body. Right, so because you, if it wasn't for the tongue and and taste, we wouldn't get nutrition, right? So so it's our servant, it's an instrument, right? But what do we do? We I th- I was thinking about this the other day. It's like we we open the refrigerator and we go, my dear tongue, what would you like today? <laughs> <laughs> and then we we say, oh no, you know, it's like it's a, we're we become servants of our senses, right? But we're always we're completely out of con- the mind's out of control too, so. This is generally true. So japa is one of, a great way to begin to get control of the mind, right? Begin to develop that muscle of control. Being able to, because if we can't control, in a time of meditation, it's not all the time where we can't control the mind all the time. But we, a time one, not you say forty-five minutes. I'm going to think only one thought. That's if you if you do forty-five minutes, you may get two three minutes or two three seconds where you get it right. But even just a two three seconds, that's a big deal to think one thought for two three seconds, right? Where you, where there's where there's only there's a poem Sri Ramakrishna sang of Ram Prasad. It says, "Oh Ma, like uh, may uh, may only in my meditation, only may only you and me exist. Nobody else. Nobody else intrude on my meditation. It's only you and me, right? The problem we say only you and me and Raktabija's army, right? That's the problem every time. So it's crowded. It's very hard to have an intimate moment with Ma when there's a when you when when you, when you have ten billion de- uh, demons screaming at you." Right. Uh, so anyway, so this is the, this is not a talk on the chandi, right? I wish I could talk on the chandi this year, but the, again, due to the crowds, we haven't been able to do our yearly for years. We did the yearly chandi talks, 
But I love the Raktabija, especially that whole story and the way it's told in the Chandi is spectacular. Right. But anyway, so this is this is this is one of the uh, core iconographic sources of the lolling tongue. Kali is associated with tongue. There's another there's other in the um in Bengal, in popular Bengal culture, right, if it is not textual so much, um, there's, maybe you've heard the story when, in the kind of a different version of the Chandi fight, right, when Mog enters a battlefield to kill the demons, right, she's wild, right, that's her, she's wild, pure, unbridled energy, right, and it says that she's killed all the demons, right, and now she's, one, she's still in that destructive mode, like when you like when you when you if you were to like okay we need to uh, use a nuclear bomb to do something, the problem is that it doesn't just do that it keeps going you know like when they did when they did the first nuclear bomb test they weren't sure if the whole world was going to end they didn't know if it would stop here's an experiment they, you know they know how fusion worked but is eventually entropy slowed it down and it had it and had an endpoint but it could have theoretically like not stopped they didn't know I mean they they thought it wouldn't bad enough that it did, but it would have been worse if it didn't, right? So, so um, uh, Ma, that unbridled energy, they, she couldn't be stopped, and she wouldn't stop. And pretty soon she started, she was killing demons that are already dead, chopping up already dead bodies, you know, like she was in that, you know, flying, and that's, that's, of course it's a very martial image of Ma's battlefield, the battlefield aspect of Ma. Um, and then it says, that pretty soon, the, then the gods are thinking, uh-oh, she doesn't stop, right? She's going to destroy the world. She's going to destroy us next, and then the human world. I mean, pretty soon it's not going to stop. So how do you stop her? So in this story, it's not from the Chandi. This is a, a kind of a, a oral tradition in, in Bengal, especially Bengal, and maybe some text I don't know, where it says that Shiva lay down amongst the corpses. So you see Shiva's laying down like a corpse, right? There's other symbolism for why he's a corpse, but in this story, he lays down amongst the various dead bodies that she's stomping on. Right, and in the process, she steps on, stomps on Shiva, steps on Shiva, and realizes that's a different feeling, right? That this is my husband, right? And in the and and and, and, and out of, of shock and surprise and bashfulness or or uh, not the word uh, shame or embarrassment, she bites her tongue, sticks her tongue out and bites her tongue, right? And so that's another very often if you ask uh, very common uh, many Bengali uh, like Bengali families come the kid mommy why is why is Kali sticking her tongue out? This is a story where mommy will tell. That most often when mommy will tell the, the, the boy or girl, right? right? But in the story of the Chandi and in the story of Ma, it's not, this, this is not, it's, it's whether or not that mode is not out of like, Ma's not in her bashful, uh, oh my God, I've touched my husband with her foot mode, right? That's another, actually Parvati is like that. So maybe, and here's the name of Parvati. Parvati and Sati are, the, uh, the uh, uh, Shakti as wife, but Kali is not Shakti, Kali is as Padashakti, right? And so it, the tradition came in a little different, and that this is not a. Um, anyway, it's, a, it's this is one of the reasons why, given why Ma's sticking her tongue out. But there's historical reason that connects the two uh, points. There's this particular form of Kali is Dakshina Kali, right? In our classes on the on the on Kali Puja, when we talked about the Kali Dhyana Mantra, the Dakshina Kali Dhyana Mantra, we told a little bit of her source. And practically, I mean, historically, this image, this form of Kali that now has become so popular is not that ancient. 
Kali is very ancient, but Dakshina Kali, we, we think tongue-sticking out, garland of heads, sword, hands, like standing on Shiva, this Rupa as Dakshina Kali is, you, some people say three or four, two or three hundred years old. It probably goes back probably five hundred years. It's around the time of Chaitanya, right? And in the same area of Navadweep, there is, um, uh, so actually many traditions sprung out of Navadweep area. This was the intellectual and spiritual hotbed of, you know, like, uh, of, uh, it was a place of, of pundits and scholars and tantrics also, right? And so around the same time, there was a, 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 a great tantric named Krishnananda, and um, he composed, composed a text called the Tantrasada, and Tantrasada collects, it's where we get most, most of the mantras we do in puja, or the Dhyan mantras that describe the, you know, Ganesha has a head of an elephant, a big body, his temples are swarmed by bees, you know, the, when this, the Dhyan mantras, a lot of them come from Tantrasada, right? Uh, uh, the, 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 uh, the form of Kali, Tada, Sorashibhu, Ganesha, Dashbahavijas all come, all described in Tantrasada. And so some say he may have composed them himself, or he may have collected tantric lore of the time, or that area was a hotbed of shaktism, right? And so he collected into a, a major text of tantric dhyan mantras and, and, and puja mantras. And so it's said, as and we talked about this already in tradition, that, that Kali at the time was not a popular deity in Bengal, right? She was worshipped in the jungle tradition she was a tribal deity right and, and then she was also worshipped amongst tantric lineages initiatic lineages doing secret uh, um, uh, practices right these are not they weren't the popular Hindu goddess of the mother goddesses that are worshipped in homes and in temples like that and so he, but this was his deity he worshipped Kali Krishnananda this, uh, and so he did um, uh, he prayed what's the form that you can be worshipped by, by, can't say normal people, but you know, you can be spread among society. Normal people don't worship her, you know, but how can you spread among society? And so she appeared in a dream, if I remember properly. Some Ambikananda today was talking, we talking about this. And he appeared in a dream, she appeared in a dream and says, I'm going to come to you, the first person you see tomorrow, right? That's going to be me, right? And you'll get a hint from that, right? And so the next day he got up and he went out, did his prayer, and he got out and, and, and he saw and it says, uh, um, uh, 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 a girl dressed in a red sari with her hair down, Muktakeshi, right? And a Santal, Santal I think is right. The Santal is a, is a lower caste tribal community of that area, right? And she was putting cow patties on the wall. You know, you, you know, you've, you know how to, you, you've done it. You know, you, it's very important. If you have ever, I, my friend Chaitanya Bhagavat, who painted a lot of these deities, he used to said, if you have them, put the cow petties on the side of your house, you have them live. You're not even a human being. That was his, like, <laughs> a real, pretty cool. But anyway, so she was doing like that. And, and, and because cause, and she was not covered properly and her hair was down, which is usually not how you prepare, present yourself in public. And when she saw him, so the story goes, right, she was a little embarrassed and there, and there, because there was a strong, especially for the time, uh, 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 class and caste distinction, right? She was a Santal woman, and he was a Brahmin pundit of the time, right? And that out of embarrassment, she, her, she did stick her tongue out like this. So the story goes, right? And then he said, ah, this must be the form that Ma wants to be worshipped in, 
right? And so that she was long, unflowing hair with her tongue sticking out. So, so it's interesting that that is that story. Where it was like it, I think was kind of grafted, perhaps grafted onto the Chandi story, where Ma stepped on Shiva and stuck her tongue out, perhaps like this. That's another uh, aspect of the tongue sticking out. So one, many people have asked, like, I mean, we have to think, it could just be that, that she appeared, she said, this is the way I want to be worshipped, with her tongue sticking out, right? And the Chandi, she has her tongue, lolling tongue, right? But the, the way the form has come to it, she's, she's, she's not just sticking her tongue out like, you know, like a kid would stick her tongue out at you, you know? <laughs> uh, she's biting her tongue like this, right? There's a, there's a simple like that. And in, if you give a little interpretive, uh, iconographic interpretation, um, the th Kali is seen with, is shown in three colors. She has three colors, right? She has black, white, and red, right? And black is her primary color, right? And red is the second most common color to see. And in white, you only see white in her teeth, right? That, that, uh, that's, you know, I mean, she has make we have her painted with certain makeup. Right, uh, on her face like that. But left to herself, this is the image, right? So, and these three colors are related to the three gunas, sattva, rajas, and tamas. Black is tamas, tamaguna, right? If seen this way, red is rajaguna, and, and a white is sattvaguna, right? So these are the three. So she's showing the primary, the three, she's a manifestation of the three gunas, right? then the colors can be given other auxiliary or connected interpretation where black is like the infinite primordial color all colors together are black right red is the color of shakti not just shakti in prakriti we call it rajas right but actually it has its own thing it's its own pure energy the pure divine energy of shakti and white is that with again the pure purity of pure consciousness like this so some yogis have said that, that she's showing when she's biting her tongue, she's, she's controlling rajas with sattva. Right. Right. So that's one way. Or if you think of it as shakti, red is not as, as, as rajas, this energy like that, passionate energy, it becomes shakti. Shakti is also controlled by through jnana, through knowledge, through, through orient like this, right? But so she's showing, she's biting her tongue to show, some yogis have given sure, so used to give this interpretation, right? Is that she's showing that, she's showing us what we need to do, right? She's sticking her tongue out at us, you know, mm -hmm. for, for a different reason, that to control rajas by sattva, right? And so why is the tongue, the tongue is red, so that's rajas, but the tongue is also a symbol. It's not a symbol, it's tongue. In iconography, it means, everything means something like, you know, big muscle means strength, right? I can't show big big muscle means strength, you know, <laughs> whatever it is, you know, many eyes, and you can see like that, so a tongue has, it's emblematic of something, for so what does, what, what does the tongue control, like in, in it says, uh, Jiva Goswami, Rupa Goswami said that one controls the tongue, one can control the tongue, one can become, take disciples everywhere, what does this mean, right, the tongue, the tongue is our speech, right, we, our tongue represents speech, obviously, our words, right, Tongue represents taste, eating, food, and tongue represents sex. We use it for eating, for speaking, and for sex, right? And so by, by sattva guna, means we can control these three, 
then we can hopefully transcend, right? So that's perhaps perhaps this is another meaning. What she's showing, if we had, if we were to think, what are you showing us by biting your tongue? Every time we look at her, she has her tongue sticking out, right? So this is one way. Uh, way. Uh, so also, remember, because lola means protruding. That means lolling tongue. Lolling also has the term of swinging, uncontrolled. When something just swinging, that's, that's a lolling thing, right? Is that okay? Okay. Uh, but here, she's not, she's not just has her tongue sticking out, she's biting her tongue, which means she's controlling. That which is usually uncontrolled, she's bringing, she's showing it controlled. She has control over that which is uncontrolled. Right? So perhaps we have, we have many things uncontrolled, represented by the tongue perhaps, right? And due to due to the due to uh, undisciplined shakti or what we call rajaguna passion and energy, you know that type of type of thing. So that's an interesting. Yes, this one name because in the middle of this whole thing, there's just Lola. Yeah. <laughs> there's all these names, and then Lola is there. So lolling her lolling tongue, right? And then t- today itself, because because of we're talking today, we're t- telling stories about uh, uh, Baba Sri Chand. And we're remembering the, the great Udasan yogis we know, one of which is named Brahm, uh, Brahmrishi, the great, great uh, uh, Siddha Purusha for sure. And, um, uh, and he was the head of the Udasan Sampradaya. He was like the Pope, the, char- the Acharya, right? So there's 10,000 sadhus underneath him. He's that type of controller, you know? And the Mela is a very big deal. And then he met a Tantric guru at a place called Jwalamukhi in the Himalayas and he went to initiation into to this uh, uh, by this to this into Tantra into the Kali Tantra he's a, he's a devotee of Kali and the person said how can I give you you're not you can't be a disciple you're the Pope you have 10,000 people who worship you right he's like people have his picture you know like they morning Buddha there they worship you know he's a very important you know a lineage holder you know the, the uh, patriarch of the tradition the chari of the tradition so he said okay I give it up from your disciples. So he, he left, he gave up the, the seat of the head of the Udasan Sampradaya. He's still very much respected, and he's, he's one of the weird saying he's, he gets his own tractor when, when he goes, you know what you say now, the, the Mela, the, the big gurus are on tractors on silver thrones to be carried to the Mela to, to take bath. He, he gets one of those. You know, he's, still, he's given his own camp area like that but he's no longer the acharya of the sampradaya but his he stays at a place called jwalamukhi is what a shakti pitam and jwalamukhi means flaming mouth or flaming face right and it's a it comes from ambikananda i've never been there swami omananda and swami uh, our guruji swami omananda and swami ambikananda went a couple of years ago they went a yatra into the himalayas and there out of the mountain is is tongues of flame are coming out of literally out of the rock just flames are coming out and they've never been stopped it says that they tried to kings have tried to put it out it was metal plates you know uh, and and they couldn't it couldn't go out Uh, but there's something about tongues of flame and one of the names Jwalamukhi means flaming mouth flaming mouth or flaming face Right? And flames are often, we use the term like a, a tongue of flame. We use that term. Even in the Bible, the Pentecost, tongues of flame came down during Pentecost. Right? And there was a, a spiritual awakening of the disciples of Jesus after his death. Right? So, and, and so you go to the Himalayas and out of the rock is coming f- flames, tongues of flame. 
right? There's not a better symbol of Parvati being born, you know, coming out unsheathed or coming out as, as a symbol of Kundalini coming out as stone, coming out of earth. She's earth and she's Shakti and she's and she's a tongue. So I think it's, perhaps there may be some connection on this day, remembering Jalamukhi today. Lola. Name 205 is Sarva Vidya. Sarva Vidya. So Sarva Namaha. She who is all knowledge, all forms of knowledge. Vidya means knowledge. Vidya. We translate often Vidya as science, right? And so, and 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 that's a very common way, especially you know it's like the time of Swami Vivekananda, and you know that that era that would have been very common to to translate Vidya as science, right? And so you end up like Yogananda, Guru, writing the science of self-realization or the science of holy science. We use this, this term, you know, it's like, oh, yoga is a science, right? We use this term. It's obviously not the way we use science as a scientific method, right? Because that's a, that's a different thing. It's not, it's not a uh, double-blind testing of a hypothesis, a double-blind experiment, and the, the theoretically disprovable, and all the standards we use to, it's not, that's not what meant by vidya. And the problem is sometimes we use, oh, yoga is a science, we, it's, we don't mean it that, we mean it in an older way, right? So one possible older way for science is that it's, it's um, if you, like, this is the way uh, yoga, some parliaments you described it, that if you do it, you can, t- it's like, like my, my guru, did this experiment and he got this result. If you do the experiment, you can also get the same result. It's theoretically testable. It's not to the same standards as a scientific study, obviously. So it's, a, it's, it's using the word lighter or differently, right? So sometimes it's so, so, so vidya means a method, uh, uh, an experimental uh, method that you can, you don't have to take my faith for it, you can self try. You don't have to have faith that yoga works, do it and see if it works. You know, you, you try meditation, try, try, try pranayama. You yourself can see the benefits that are claimed in the books and claimed by the teachers. You can practice and see, but you have to practice correctly. So there, therefore, the vidya is not just a claim, it's a methodology. Maybe we use protocol in the modern, if you follow the protocol, you do this, you do this step by step as the system, then you get, you get this result. That's an, uh, uh, probably the closer to the way they used it. So vidya has that meaning. So for instance, there's puja vidya, right? Like like uh, the, the the system. We can say it's not the science of puja. It's not maybe it's a system of puja, right? There's a step by step system that's revealed a a tant the, the in in the one of the earlier names is what is the guha vidya, guha vidya the the hidden science after tantra. Right, so Sarva Vidya means not just the hidden science, not only the Vedas and the Puranas, Shruti Shruti, and then Guha Vidya, the Tantras. It's here she's saying she, she's every form of knowledge, every system, right, of thought, every. Um, uh, 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 uh. <clears throat> and so, because this is a tantric text, and all these verses are dealing with tantric topics, and five names earlier it was a name, a name that definitely meant tantra. This Guha Vidya. Sarva Vidya could be, you could take it to be all the different schools 
of Tantra, all the different methods of Tantra. These are the Vidyas. Not science is exactly like that. But Vidya also means all knowledge, just knowledge. Knowledge itself is Vidya. Right? And you know, what the, what's the name for a school in India? Vidyalaya, right? A place, a place to learn. Mm -hmm. So Vidya could be learning. That's probably a, a better, uh, another way of saying it rather is like a system of learning or a place of, 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 of education. Vidya is education. Right. Of course, guha vidya means secret education. That's these are initiatic, esoteric techniques or, or information, right? And general information is just a sort of a vigilaya. Then there's what is that? There's vigilaya. Then there's um, uh, yeah, uh, vigilaya. We were thinking of using that name one time. Ramakrishna vigilaya is that we use seminary. It's a good name for a school. So she's all forms of knowledge. So that so so it's not just all methods of, of practice, all esoteric revelations, right? But she's every form of knowledge. And so if she's every form of knowledge, she's not just sacred knowledge. Right? We have we have a distinction between sacred and secular. Right? We have like we have religious studies. Religious studies is secular also. Yeah, but you know what I mean, but religious topics, right? Uh, and then you have way lower science, math, Astronomy, biology, these way these are these are you know it's like Hinduism generally doesn't have that same bifurcation as developed in other historically in different parts and some different uh, uh, but this the, I think this name definitely this definitely doesn't hold that that every form of knowledge is her knowledge so everything is all knowledge is sacred right just like I've told the story before there is a a, a black um, very elderly. She's in her readiness. When I heard her, like a little Colbert show or something like that, and you know, twenty years, fifteen years ago on the, the super late show, and um, was a guest musician, maybe Cecil White or CC White, one of these is a, a, a um, R and B singer. It was very popular in the seventies and eighties, you know. But still, she gave an incredible, belted out an incredible song, and then in the interview, she was interviewing her. He was interviewing her, and she used to be a gospel. She grew up in the church and was a gospel singer, right? And then she switched to R and B, to secular music, romantic music, and popular music. And then her career, of course, took off naturally. And she was saying that the, her parents and her minister and her church said, "Now, now you're singing the devil's music. Before you were singing God's music. Now you're singing the devil's music, right?" And I told the story before, talking about Bhagalamukhi, right? But I st we can I'm relating it to here also, and she says, "Honey, the devil don't got no music." That was her. I remember the line is, "The devil ain't got no music," something like that. You know, it's like music. It's not the most sublime. It's not. It's not the same as gospel. Gospel music is a different category for sure. But no music is 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 all music is divine, right? So similarly, it's it's not there 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 is there may be a stratification of higher knowledge. There's Padavidya. I mean, you don't even word like Padavidya, supreme knowledge, right? You can't have the word supreme knowledge if you think all knowledge is equal. It's like there, there's different categories, different stratification, but all knowledge is her form, right? And that's one verse from the Chandi. Vidya samastas tava devi. Uh, all, not all vidya, all forms of knowledge are your, all of them are your forms. There you go. Vidya samasta tava devi bedaha, striya samasta sakala 
Tagatsu Twayaikya Puritam Abayaitat I haven't practiced, sorry Kate Sriti Stavya Para Paro Tihi This is all forms of knowledge are your manifestations That's the line, right? O Devi and all women Mostly today we have mostly women here. All women are your forms, right? By you alone is this world filled. Right? That's a very important because that that's the, if you're the only thing here, the only one here, then every form is your form, and every every um, revelation or every way of studying it, every approach to it, it's only the topic is actually only you. You can be. It can be directly. You know, people we study about Kali. We're, we're right now. We're studying Kali, not astronomy, right? But if you're calling studying astronomy, it's only the topic is still only her, right? Maybe a little bit from a little distance or a particular form, but it's, it's still only her. All forms of knowledge are your manifestations, O Devi, and all women are your forms. By you alone is this world filled. How can we praise you who are beyond description? Right, you know, you are, we can't even conceive of who you, who and what you are. So the Sarva Vidya. So when you say Sarva Vidya means all, all knowledge, all forms of knowledge. Uh, and so Vidya also, knowledge, it means learning, it means science, it means art, right? It means uh, scholarship, like scholastic scholarship. You know, so so we, 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 all these are respectable divine things. Sarva, when you say all there's another there's a secondary kind of echo to that term which means essence right when you say everyone's the same obviously if we if they oh we're all the same we're obviously not all the same right we're very different actually right but when you say oh we're all the same that means there's an essence that means you're pointing to an essence behind behind the differences beyond the difference in manifestations that's the same, right? So Sarva Vidya could also mean, and this is how some commentators have, have meditated on this line, is that it means the essence of all knowledge, the essence of everything, Sarva Vidya, right? Or to know the essence of everything is Sarva Vidya, right? To know everything is to mean you know your essence of everything. So then the question is, if there's an essence that can be known, Right, how to bring it out, right? And then, so then, this is what sadhana is to bring out that entity. We mentioned a few weeks ago this Puran Veda, the ancient knowledge that we already have, how to bring it out. So, two names Lola, Sarvavija. What time is it now? It is. We're doing okay. So, <clears throat> so the, the, the name Tapasvini, and I thought I was going to talk about this name now. Four weeks ago, we finally got to it. I, was, I wrote my notes four weeks ago, so we'll see. I'm looking at them fresh after four weeks. We'll see what comes up. We'll come up with the being she who performs austerity. I mentioned this is a name for Parvati because she did austerities uh, in order to attain Shiva, right? So that's the simple uh, uh, meaning. So this name Parvati is uh, Shailiputri. Brahmacharini, these first names are all that. Right. And so, what does tapas mean? Tapas, tapaha, tapa means to burn, right? Means heat, right? Or to generate heat is tapasya, that which creates heat or what? That which burns or uh, like this. And in uh, uh, 
Actually, when you say like, oh, we're, we're being burned by, by the world suffering, or there is tapas, if you do these terms in Gita and the like, right? But tapas is also the Upanishad, they're, 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 they're the very famous, the Taitreya Upanishad, there's a famous line, I like this line. Adihi Bhagavato Brahmeti. So the disciple goes to the Guru. Brahmanishta Guru, nowhere Brahman, and says, "Sir, teach me Brahman." Right? We go, go to the Guru, teach me about God, teach me about the Absolute. About we would say, teach me about Ma, teach me about God, like that. Brahman, the Absolute, the Supreme, right? Then his answer, Tapasya Brahma Vignasyas Vijignasya Vijinasya. I'm sorry, Tapasya Brahma Vijignasasva. My tongue is tripping. With tapas, you should inquire into Brahman. Right? So, so, how do you teach me about Brahman? How do you do it? The answer is through tapas, inquiring to Brahman. Tapas is the method of inquiring to Brahman. Tapo Brahmeti. Then he says, tapas is Brahman. So, this is not just like, say, it's like, you know, skipping a meal or something. You know, tapas is Brahman. We have to think what the tapas mean. Sa tapo, tapa. Tapat, uh, sorry, sa tapo tapyata, and then that disciple he performed tapas. Right, so tapo brahmeti, sorry, uh, by tapas, inquire into Brahman. Tapas is Brahman. So that's interesting. What is so in the uh, what is it? Uh, is it in Purusha Shukta where Vishnu sacrifices himself or Vishnu? Yeah. In Purusha Shukta. Uh, uh, he's more familiar right now. Uh, I said that the Supreme Purusha here, usually associated with Vishnu, but it's not his, not, his name is not, not directly the, the Supreme Person, right? The only person, right? He was sat, he, he was sat, he himself, he was tied to a post and sacrificed, right? And from that created the world. I'm over, super oversimplifying, right? So by the person, the, the, his sacrifice of the Supreme Person creates the world, right? There, that's a theme brought out. There's an incredible commentary of Swami Krishnananda on the Purusha Shukta that goes into this brilliantly. There's many, I mean, there's a very important text and very important commentaries, but Swami Krishnananda, Swami Shivananda disciples, I think is the, the shining in this age of, of, of uh, commentary on this text. <laughs> Have it there, or? Mm. but that 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 it, it, that's from the Purusha Shukta. In again in the Upanishad, in the Chandogya Chandogya Upanishad, Ekoham Bahu Swayam Prajaye Yeti. Ekoham Brahman itself, the Supreme Person, the one the the one thing says, I uh, Ekoham, I am only one. Right. That's the that's the. But then it, what did he say? Syam prajayati. Let me become many. Right. That's a very interesting thing. From that I am one. That this is you know this this is the creation myth, not the creation myth. This is like, like I am one. Let me become many. It's something very apt. Right. Uh, it's interesting because so the one has became has become. If we accept it, I became many. Ekoham bahusyam prajayeti. In Christian theology, they have the idea that God created the world out of nothing. 
Right. And what is that term? Uh, yeah. Creatio ex nihilo. That's what he, what he just said nicely. Right. That from nothing, creation has come. Right. So that shows the power. God spoke and it was so. Right. He created. So the world was created out of nothing. Right. And we were all created out of nothing. But his, maybe out of his will. Right. Right. So this is different. The world is created out of the one thing. Right, so it's not like that. So this is a, it may be saying the exact same thing. I mean, we're not gonna. This is what makes us better as a great. No, not like that. that, that but but it's a very. But it but it's it's an important difference, right? I am one. Let me become many. That means the many is the ones, not just creation. That's why the word creation is not make. He didn't make anything. He simply, he became everything. He didn't have to like, construct something. So the many is also only him. And maybe the, we can go back to Sadhva Vidya. You know, it's like the, the, the essence of every, behind everything is the one. But how did the one become many? So how can one being become many beings? There's a great, in, uh, one yogi told me, he says, this is actually a very great act of sacrifice. Right? You know, it's like how, you know, the one gives up his oneness, seemingly. And because out of the, out of the joy, perhaps out of the desire, the joy, out of the the need for manifoldness, for variety, variegatedness, right? The one became everything, and and in one sense, perhaps I mean we can't say like because nothing happens to God, nothing happens to God when He does this, right? But something happens to God when He does this. One can become many. When one becomes many, what happened to God? He's now many, right? You know, like there is a unifying oneness, but one can in order to do that trick. Right, one has to play all the parts. One has to have a sense of separation. Whenever we have subject and object and multiple object, maybe multiple subjects. Right, you have multiple purushas apparently according to the Sankhya. You know, like gets very, you know, in order to make it work, it gets very complicated. Right, to one become many, one's playing all the parts, and so if one has become many, that means one's all of us. Right, not just all of us. We're not. We're, we're like the least important uh, creatures in this room. There's, there's billions of, of microbes and ants and who knows what's crawling in our walls and mites in the carpet we just washed the carpet so hopefully not too many mites but probably mites in the carpet <laughs> things are growing in our hair and fungus under I mean there's like he's become everything not just us not just then he created man in his image no he created everything in his image from his image from the one he created many like and so here we are him or her or it or that I can give you a bigger abstract like that and and like, it, that sounds cool. I mean, be, I mean, we're, I'm thrilled that we've discovered and, and that such, that the Rishi thought such, I mean, such brilliant, crazy ideas like this. And then, and then and, and thousands of years later, we're taking these crazy ideas seriously. It's also even almost just as crazy, you know, <laughs> right? But here, I, we don't know that, right? You know, so if it's true, the one has forgotten himself, or itself or herself. Right. That's a very strange thing to posit, how the one... So maybe it hasn't forgotten, but it's made us forget, but we're her. So part of her is forgotten. <laughs> right. It's very complicated. Right. Mm -hmm. So would you say whatever it was that said, let me become many, yes. who's talking to who? That's a good question, right? So as soon as that's the thing, as soon as when you say, I am one, already you're making a number, right? So the one, we've talked about this in Yantra, that one becomes, in order to have one, you need two, and then automatically you have three. 
So then you have a relationship between the one and the two, and then automatic. And then you, once you got three, you you, you got you get the ball ball rolling. You know. Uh, uh, yeah, when you say I am one, who is he talking to? Who is it talking to? Right. So obviously, it's only telling himself, itself, right? But by doing that, when you say, "Oh, I'm going to meditate on myself," right, or I'm talking to myself, we can talk to ourselves. But then we create a sense of duality within us, yeah. right? So, so there, there, there's an implied duality in the one, you know, what to speak. And so you say, so you do that. You have two, which means now you have a relationship between the which, and now you have, you have the primary triangle in the three. Instead of you have the, the three letters of Om. You have. You have uh, knowledge, wisdom, and uh, knowledge, action, and, and and evolution. You have Brahma, Vishnu, and Shiva. You have you have as soon as you do that, you have you know from from one becomes two becomes three automatically. Then you have the sixty four billion deities in the Sri Yantra. From the Bindu, as soon as you have a Bindu, you have sixty four billion, right? Which means infinite, right? That's just a number, symbolic number, you know. Uh, yeah. So who is he talking to? And it, but it, so it's, but it's, and then it's, once you have a sense of m- many, once one becomes many by a great act of sacrifice, right? Perhaps, right? Uh, uh, then what happens? As soon as you have two, you have conflict, right? Isn't it? You have two. You have conflict. You have struggle. You have um, uh, 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 um, you know yeah yeah every I mean you have <coughs> desire. <coughs> You have you know, all the things you start. Everything good. Everything comes from the sense of of, of multiplicity, right? vai bayam bhavati. This is uh, from the Taittiriya Upanishad, right? From the sense of duality or multiplicity comes fear, right? Without fear, without duality, where there's no other, there's no fear. Right, so this is a very big. It's also a very big thing. You have to think, the foundational, the, the foundation of everything awesome, right? Every desire, every pleasure, every excitement, every expression, every new discovery, every you know, it's like, is from this. But also, our fear, our our, our suffering, our everything comes from the sense of duality, right? But. Swami Lakshmanju would say that actually in Kashmir Shaivism they, they have a very strong there's only Shiva and he's doing everything and he forgets himself as if right but not really because he's Shiva he forgets himself as us right and then, then the question then people would ask Swami Lakshmanju why would he do such a thing right it's horrible we're suffering like anything it's like if he forgets <laughs> we suffer we're him you know he says no no it's worth it he says right because the joy of recognition the joy of finding himself again, right? The joy, uh, the the sacrifice he makes to lose himself is not without reason, right? He's such an ananda. Ananda is the ultimate goal of this whole mess, right? We have to have bliss, and to have bliss you need two, and to have two, to find the one, you know, that you can get, you start, we can start pulling that apart, right? Right. Um, uh, so he says the joy of recognition is worth the pain, the agony of forgetfulness. Shiva forgets himself so that he can remember himself. And here we are, forgetting him, Shiva forgetting himself and trying a little bit on a Saturday afternoon, on a warm Saturday afternoon. You know, there's other things to do and you guys are been conned into this. <laughs> thinking this is something to do. I'm going to remember my, I'm, going to, I'm Shiva going to remember myself. You know? So he, he must love this, you know. So, so, uh, 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 uh. so anyway, so how does, how does, 
how does the one okay, we can't this is, this is avyakta right there's unthink, unspeakable unthinkable anchitta avyakta there's unthinkable right un, 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 uh, inconceivable right how this happens right but if but yogis have thought about this you know what does it mean that that, that uh, when you that, like when one become to one to become many whatever that means right uh, this would be through an, an internal act of concentration of focus of, of deliberation of willpower all these type of type of um uh, a seemingly willing acceptance of ignorance right you know these are weird things to think about right for the one to do like this right. so such actions right when you take like when you when you take something that's its nature is infinite and unbounded and undistinct and you start giving it distinctness shape personality uh, multiplicity you just start giving like that that you're and focus by, by directing attention and concentration and, and willpower and all these type of things that we, we can pull these ideas out of this idea let me one I am one let me become many let me, let me be many I desire to be many and he becomes many that, that itself is a type of heat it's a type of concentration of uh, of limit um, discipline 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 limitation I, I don't know what I'm not, I don't have the word for this you know uh, and so from I mean from this from in the, in the Purusha Shukta he sacrifices himself he cuts himself up and becomes the universe right so that seems really horrible nobody wants to do anything difficult anything any struggle right but God is God itself herself God for sure herself as we say uh, is, is uh, has chosen this right and therefore this is a type of tapas this is a type of heat this is a type of austerity some uh, a strange discipline right for the one to become many right but one Christian father used to tell us that uh, not, and he was radical for Christianity. Uh, he was re he was explaining there's rejection of the uh, uh, of eternal damnation. Right? He says anything that comes from God cannot be eternally separated from Him. Right? So everything that comes will find its way. But everything has to find its way back. Right? That's a simple thing. Right? So the that that's the that so that's the. Uh, but in the pr the process to find our way back is not easy, right? And of course, given you know, it's like oh, if we don't do anything. Eventually, we'll all Shiva will find himself. <laughs> no, eventually we'll do something. That's another way of saying that it's like oh, I don't have to do tapasya now to find God, right? Because everybody everybody will find God. Eventually, everybody will do tapasya to find God. That that's the, you know. So Swami Shivananda, whose birthday is tomorrow, Swami Shivananda's birthday. We have lots of yesterday Radha, today Sri Chan, tomorrow Swami Shivananda. Uh, maybe 123 or something years or something like that. He's, but it, but he one of his really had a very powerful effect on my young impressionable mind, and still now it's a a, a melancholy effect on my older <laughs> tired mind. Right, he says that that given the fact that everyone will attain liberation, everybody will attain God realization. That's guaranteed, right? And everyone will do it by tapasya, by renunciation, by meditation, by self-discipline, 
or by devotion, you know, whatever the, the, the details of sadhana, details are spiritualized. Given that's a fact, why not do it now? You're going you're gonna to have, there's no way around it, right? You're going to have to do it, right? You know, it's like, but it seems horrible. <laughs> but it's not, what's the horribleness? It's like, it's like, uh, uh, like Swami Neem uh, Kurli uh, Baba, uh, it's like, if you desire a cup of tea and you don't drink it, desire goes away. Right? It's a simple, simple principle how to control desire. If you want something and don't do it, it goes away, actually. Right? A small thing like that. But like, no, that's life denying. How would I give a cup of tea? That thing's horrible. What type of religion would stop somebody from having a cup of tea? You know, it's like, it's like okay, have a cup of tea. <laughs> but, I mean, it's like, but the, the, the methodology is not that difficult. I mean, it can be very, I mean, great ascetics like Baba Sri Chandu's birthday. You know, these are, we have examples or... Mother Parvati, who's tapasvini here, right? You know what austerity she performed—not even, not even eating leaves, a parana, right? You know, doing his such such austerity. Uh, um, uh, 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 anyway, some some austerity may be required. There's a verse in the um, uh, what is it from the? Must be for Durga Suktam that tam agnim varanim. that's agni from Durga Suktam. Tam agnim varanim tapasa jwalantim. This is just one line of a. Of a Tam agnim varanim tapasya jwalantim. So this a simple reading of it. This is a external the 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 sentence structure, is that she this tam, she he refers uh, to Ma uh, Durga, the uh, agni varanim. She is the color of fire, right? Tapasya jwalantim, right? And she. Jwalan, she shines like Jwalamukhi with tapasya, with the fire of austerity. This is one of the, this is a very important Durgashuktam is one of the great uh, Vedic hymns of the god. A very, um, uh, of course, the goddess is throughout the Vedas and hidden in lesser forms, right? In Durgashuktam, it's overt her nature, right? Devishuktam, Durgashuktam. She is like so. Somebody, what color is Ma? She's the color. She shines a color of fire. Right, shining with tapasya, with with the with the heat of austerity. Right. Then, to finish the verse, it says she's beautiful. She was to be worshipped. Um, uh, she's the bestower of fruit of actions. Oh, goddess Durga, we take refuge in your feet. We bow to to the raft of swift crossing by worshiping Durga. We're taking this is the rest of the verse, right? But for tapasya, this name, so this is the name for the divine mother, is tapasvini, and in the Durga Shuktam, here is this one line. Now, if we pull the, the, this verse apart a little differently, or a little bit, not differently, a little bit um, word by word carefully, right? Uh, uh, so, the subject is Durga and her qualities, right? So, Tam, she, Durga. Agni means fire, means for fire, right? But Agni has another meaning, where we get the word fire. Agni, now it means fire, that can be, Agni is a deity of fire. That you know, but Agni is more than fire. Agni is uh, agra agragami, means that we get the word Agni from, which means that which goes ahead, right? That uh, uh, that one who goes ahead. So so this the way the yogis have interpreted is that whatever the mind, um, wherever you go, wherever the mind goes, uh, she's already ahead. Wherever you think, she's already there. Whatever you go, she's already there. This is that, that word Agni, right? Uh, um, 
Varanam. So he's a color of so Agni, color of fire. Varanam also has that which is which is uh, Varnana is Varana, which means that which explains. I'm giving a little bit. Unfortunately, uh, uh, a long time ago we talked on verse on the one verse on the Devi Gita, where we we spent a lot of time. This is many years ago. Uh, very, uh, we spent two and a half, I think, two hours on this verse. So, uh, uh, so I'm not going to do that again, right? But uh, varuna just mean color means that which explains or praises or, or like like this, right? So and so so basically saying that Pada Brahman, that the Divine Mother, is all pervading. Like Agni means all pervading here. She's everywhere, right? Everywhere you go, everywhere you think, she's there. She's hidden everywhere, and so and so and 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 by tapasya, she she uh, shines, right? You see her. She's revealed by tapasya, right? So in the another great list of holy names, the Devi uh, Lalita Sasranama, Chidagnikunda Sambuta, the from line one. I only know it's very bad. I used to know a lot more, but now I know exactly one verse. From, from uh, uh, not by heart, Sri Mata, right? She that auspicious mother, Sri Maha, uh, Sri Mata Maharajni, right? She is the supreme queen. She's the empress of the universe, right? Sri Mata Maharajni. Uh, what's the next line? Sri Mata She sits upon a lion throne. Uh, she sits upon a lion, right? But actually, the, a throne means a lion. Uh, Shinghasana means. The, uh, a, th- a throne of a god is a shingasana, but it also is a lion throne. And the goddess, in, in very ancient, she's always on, on lion. It's a symbol of, of the devis. Where is the throne? Chidagnikunda sambhuta. She exists. It's in the fire pit of consciousness, right? So that's very interesting, right? And what does she do there? Devya karya. What is it? My brain. Uh, Samanvita. Right. There, from there, she does the work of the gods. Right, this is the first four names or five names, right? That divine mother, the queen of the universe, the controller of the universe, sits on a throne in Chidagnikunda, right? So the fire pit of consciousness. The yogi, so that, that for the yogi, that means Kundalini, right? We have Chidagnikunda, the art, Agnikunda, our fire pit, is Kundalini is there, right? So, but it's a fire pit of, of awareness of consciousness, right? But in this verse from the, from the, um, from the, um, uh, right this fire is everywhere right so everywhere so how to bring it out we can find it's also in ourselves how to bring it out we do that by tapasya also if you do so in other words this is saying if you do tapasya it comes up it comes out it reveals itself Any questions? I'm just talking in circles about this. I'm just vamping on the term tapasya. I like this term, but. Mm. You talked about tapas. Mm. You found that tapas we need. Mm-hmm. What does that imply? Again, you say? Tapas we need. Oh, so she who does. Like yogini, something like that. Yeah, she's done so. So, so because in the story it means she's done. To, she does. She's fasted and done all this austerity in order to get Shiva as her husband. So she's right. now beyond tapas. She has already. Yeah, or she is, but also here because this is she. 
Remember, we go back to an interpretive uh, principle of, of the name. That these are describing her as her quality, she who does this. But it's also describe. It's these are, but she is these things. She is tapas. So she she when we do tapas, that's her, right? But also she is this fire. That's that's. You could say one thing. She's her her tapas is creating the world, and her tapas is revealing herself, right? And so we we you see we can do this also. We can help in help in this, right? Also, another word, another use of the word tapas is just the suffering of the world is called tapas. It's another thing, right? So, the, what's the suffering of the world? Just the world of duality is. I remember years ago I asked Tushta Krishna, our friend Tushta Krishna, says, Tushta, how are you doing? Ah, another day in the world of duality. In other words, it's, I mean, what that means? It's, it's, it's a world of struggle, tapas. The world is full of tapas. There's, we're being burned all the time. Right, not just by by fire and heat, and that we're being burned by desire, we're burned by other people, we're burned by by uh, unfair legal system, whatever it is, we're being burned by by something, you know. Right. So in the Gita, what time is it now? Six twenty-two. Three minutes to six thirty. Hmm. Three minutes to six thirty. Three minutes, but we may go more than three minutes. Uh, uh, we'll, we'll probably stand there. But in in actually we can maybe next week we can talk a little the bit Bhagavad about Gita. this. Hmm? In, the in the Bhagavad Gita, in the in the Bhagavad Gita, Bhagavad Gita, in the second to the last chapter, I think, chapter seventeen. 17. Right there, uh, uh, it's interesting. It's it it, Lord Krishna. He's responding to some questions of Arjuna, of course, but he's he summarizes s- spiritual activity into three categories, to three things. Right, our sadhanas are three things: yagya, right, yagna or yagya, uh, tapas, and dana. Right. So is, that, is, is sacrifice, uh, uh, austerity, and giving of gifts, charity, gifts. Right. And and well, Arjuna's questions like, is it? Should they be renounced? Should it be done? Krishna gives all. In the final, in the in the, in the eighteenth 18, chapter, he begins. They know that the, the, you have to do these things without attachment. He gives methodology, but it's all. But the the it, the, the in a certain sense, the, the sadhana. There's so many sadhanas mentioned in the Gita. He mentions every category of, of different types of sadhana: in breath, the out breath, the this, you know, amongst. The, 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 uh, I mean, so many. You you know, you know, so many types of sadhanas are are described. Clarified and authorized in the, in the Gita, right? But in the, in this in the final second to the final chapter, he gives a summary of really it boils down spiritual, divine, Vedic, um, uh, spiritual actions. Uh, dar- dharma is the three: tapas, yagya, and dana, charity. And you can see if you if you to analyze your spiritual practices. Right, they're going to fall into something. They're going to fall into one of the three categories or multiple categories. Right, what do we do in our japa among sacrifices? I'm japa. Right, it says in the Gita. Right, or uh, charity, of course, like that. Uh, we offer our food. We're doing puja. These are sacrifice. Right, we're. I'm going to be a strict vegetarian. I'm going to be a vegan. I'm going to not eat onion and garlic. I'm going to give up this for Navaratri. That's tapasya. Right, or I'm going to put my hand in the air for 12 years. That's tapasya. <laughs> There's all kinds of tapasya, right? Right, and, and so also, so Krishna, we, we maybe read, maybe next week we, we we can read some of these verses. Um, 
he describes uh, because these are important. So each one of these is described in, in we have for tapasya we have um, um, what is it what 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 austerities what disciplines what which practices of self control what are the categories the the are the uh, jurisdictions you know the three jurisdictions we it's our it's our speech our our actions and our mind thank you one of them is remember what the three are mind manasa vacha and karmana our act our actions we always think actions mind and speech right so krishna describes what are the what are the austerities of mind what are the austerities of speech what are the austerities of action you get to the verse i just read those verses I lost my. I moved. I knew you put it on the perfect thing, and I kept reading. Is it there? Yeah. You you went back. Mm-hmm. You're good. I'll just read these. So, what are the? Uh, let's see, of the body. What are the? What are the austerity of the body? Now, there's all things we can do, and and most things we can do maybe fit into these, right? But we have to think. This is what. These are the essential. What is the pasya? These are. These are. What is her? She's the pasvini. What's the pasya? Deva, Dvija, Guru, Pragna, Pujanam. We worship, give honor to the Devas, the gods. Right? Dvija, the Brahmanas, the twice-born, the sages. Right? Guru, our spiritual teachers. And Pragna, those who are wise, our senior people. Those, so, worshiping, bowing to, being humble, inquiring, uh, 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 being respectful, worship, the worship of gods, uh, the twice-born, teachers, and the wise. That's first. That's first uh, part of austerity of the body. Then, saucham. Saucham means cleanliness, right? Purity, right? Uh, arjavam, uprightness, up uprightness. Uh, um, uh, uh, brahmacharyam, sexual control and purity. Ahimsa, nonviolence. These are said to be the austerities of the body. Right? Body. Then, what's after body? Speech. Right, what is the word body of speech? I won't read the Sanskrit. The sp- uh, that which causes no um, excitement. But the first, it's very interesting that this is a, the first austerity. Anud viga karam. That which doesn't cause excitement. You can see most people's speech are like, right now is the political scene, everybody's doing thrilling or ridiculous or pathetic or frightening or horrifying. It's all agitating. All speech nowadays is agitating. Everybody's comment online is agitating. It's meant to agitate, meant to rather than. So the first discipline of speech: don't don't agitate, right? Don't cause a ruckus, right? Uh, uh, no excitement. This is not being boring. I said, well, you know what I mean by non excite, not a, a, a non aggressive, not purposely to uh, sattvic, right? And then, vakyam uh, uh, satyam. Should be true. Uh, only speaking the truth, right? If we only speak the truth, God, that would be a big, a big deal. That which, and then satyam uh, priyahitam, uh, that which is dear, sweet, priya. Speak only sweet words, right? And priyahitam uh, and pleasant, useful, pleasant and useful speech. Most of our speech is not pleasant, and if it's pleasant, it's not useful. Right. There's an old saying that the, uh, a Sufi saying I remember from a book. You know, I don't know what Sufi saying it is. That may be too simplistic, but it, well, maybe you've heard it. Yet before you speak something, you should pass through three gates. Right. Where, first, is it true? 
right? Is it kind and is it necessary? Right. Most of the time, most of our speech, even what I'm talking now, is probably the three. Right. Beneficial. So, speech which causes no excitement, which is truthful, pleasant, and beneficial, and also, right, swadhyaya, swadhyaya abhyasam, and the practice of swadhyaya. Swadhyaya means self-study, but it means in the Gita that in in the um, swadhyaya is one of the niyamas, I think, right. Uh, it means self-study, which means recitation of the scripture. Study, recitation of scripture, kirtan, japa, the recitation of sacred text, that also is control. You can see that's controlling the speech, right? Don't speak use- exciting, I mean, useless words, agitating words, untrue words, unkind words, unhelpful words. And on top of that, recite the Gita, Lita Sasanama, Kali Sasanama, kirtan, you know, recite, recite the scriptures, discuss the script, speak about holy things, recite holy things. That's control of speech. And then the austerity of manas, tapo manasya uchate. Mana prasadana samyatam monam atma vinikraha. Serenity of mind, gentleness, silence, self control, and purity of disposition. These are the austerity of the mind. It's interesting that. I had always thought that, I mean, I would think that, that silence uh, would be an austerity of speech, right? But it's listed as austerity of the mind. And I have minimum experience, of course, we, you know, Baba Haridas, we spoke so many, so many years controlling with no speech. There's a great uh, Moni uh, who left his body this last, last year or two years ago? One year. One year, one year coming? Anyway, Baba Haridas, you, 50 years plus, he is not speaking, right? And we, and, and I've watched something because people would always, at a public function, one of the questions, whatever text is being discussed and people ask questions, and you know, then he'd write his answer. And, and usually one of the questions is, why aren't you speaking? <laughs> so I, I heard him give many different answers. But one of the best answers is that it keeps me out of arguments. Right? <laughs> it's a very good, a very good answer. But, actually, but, it's, but, I, but in my very limited experience of taking like one day or one day a week vows under Guruji's suggestion, we did like this for some time. Um, it's very interesting because the mind goes riot, runs riot. It wants so much to, to express itself. It's not speech, it's the mind. It's not, it is definitely an austerity of the mind, not of speech. Very interesting. And especially other people having cool conversations for which you have definite opinions, oh, it becomes unbearable. <laughs> very interesting to, to see the reactions in the mind. Very very fascinating. So anyway, these are the three, and then, then the, uh, the austerities of, of body, mind, and speech. Speech and mind. Then Krishna also describes the the these three are also in the categories sattva, rajas, and tamas. Maybe we can, as we do our backup verse, as we jump to the next section next week, we can uh, read those verses. Very fast. The Gita is, these six verses shed so much light on the, what, what tapasya, yagya, and, and dana mean. Very, very fascinating. Let me see what I have here. So we'll leave it there. Any, any, any uh, questions or comments? Uh, thank you for your kind attention and your tapasya to sit, listen to a long, exciting talk on tapas. It's most tapas. It's yeah. But also, we think we're bringing out what is hidden, we're trying to bring out. So, 
जय माम जय बाबा श्री चंद राजी की जय My tapasya is getting up after sitting. <laughs> Every year it becomes a bigger tapasya. Narayan, Narayan. Go.